Good afternoon. Uh, I am Richard Tavildar and Jessman, the Vice President of the Board of Education for the Santa Monica Malibu Unified School District, calling the meeting to order here today on Thursday, August 3rd, 2023 at 4.30 p.m. There are no persons seeking to address the Board of Education as we go into our closed session. We will resume in the public at 5.30 p.m. this evening. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, good afternoon, colleagues, uh, members of the public, Dr. Shelton and staff. Uh, my name is Richard Tavilder and Jesuit, and I'll be um, sitting in for our board president this evening, Maria, Maria Leon Vasquez. We had our um, closed session uh, come to order at 4.30 p.m. this afternoon. Uh, there were no persons uh, wanting to address the Board of Education at that time, and so now we resume our meeting in the, in the public view. Uh, Roll call will show that all members are here to save Ms. Leon Vasquez. And um, John, would you lead us please in the Pledge of Allegiance? Uh, the United States of America, to the Republic for which it stands. John. Um, Colleagues, as we come to the approval of the agenda, um, I'd like to suggest two um, changes to our agenda and hopefully uh, someone would move um, a perfected agenda. One is to move K1, which is our only action item this evening, to follow immediately after public comments. And then also items I4, 1, and 2, that's consent I4, 1, and 2, to be pulled out um, as standalone um, items as um, action items. Mm -hmm. uh, moved by Lori, seconded by Jen. Any questions or comments about those changes? Uh, we'll go to a roll call. Uh, Ms. Smith? Yes. Ms. Mignano? Yes. Ms. Lieberman? Yes. Mr. Keene? Yes. Ms. Rouse? Yes. And Amiya um, yes, Sarah, that is um, a perfected agenda. Thank you uh, for the evening. Colleagues, uh, That we have one thing to read out tonight to the public, it's DN 1002-23-24. This is the final settlement agreement. Kindly note that the summary of the settlement is as follows. One, the district agrees student may attend Malibu Middle School with, excuse me, Malibu, oh, Malibu Middle School, forgive me, the anticipated school of residence for the 2023 um, school year with the extended school year services delineated in the March 22, 2023 IEP. Uh, that was moved by Ms. Lieberman, seconded by Ms. Smith. There were six ayes, no noes. And of course, we had one member absent, Maria Leon Vasquez, the board president. Uh, that now brings us to the approval of the minutes. We have one set of a minutes, one set of minutes, colleagues. These are minutes from July 20th. Thank you, Jen. Moved by Ms. Smith, seconded by Ms. Mignano. Go to a roll call vote. Jen? Yes. Alicia? Yes. Lori? Yes. John? Yes. Stacy? Yes. And I'm a yes also. Uh, Sarah, that's a unanimous approval of the minutes. And um, this evening, um, Ms. Smith has kindly agreed to um, handle our public comments. We have one uh, public comment for um, 
things listed on the agenda, Mr. Wade Major. Yes, can everyone hear me? Yes. Ah, good, okay. Um, I'm addressing items I-5-I and I-5-2. Uh, thank you first for rescinding these last COVID restrictions, which were such a point of contention and distress these past three years. I'd like to bring up just two quick issues that I'd like for you to address uh, and amend before passing. First, these resolutions don't make any specific mention of rescinding restrictions for volunteers. And we need, if we want to invite parent volunteers back into the classroom, we need to be able to have a full return to normal and be able to communicate to that to them and bring back the families that we've lost. Um, secondarily, items three and four in both resolutions are somewhat problematic by giving the superintendent the blanket power to reinstitute restrictions without any further board resolutions uh, or public input or debate. It feels a little bit like they're being paused rather than fully rescinded. And the authorities under which you passed the previous resolutions have all been rescinded. So there's no more federal or state emergency declaration and LACBPH has no binding authority to issue health orders without those. So they would need new emergency declarations and that would require you then to make new resolutions in response to those declarations. That seems to be the more appropriate process. So um, I, I would ask you to um, eliminate items three and four and just make it clear that if there were any further uh, response to any COVID emergencies, they would be, it would require a new resolution, new public debate, new input, and that we would start the process all over again, uh, just as the state and the federal government would have to as well. That's it, thank you. Thank you, that's all. Thank you, Ms. Smith. Uh, we'll now move to communications colleagues. Uh, we have no student board member reports this evening and um, Claudia Bautista Nichols has sent her regrets. There will be no SMMCTA report this evening. We are joined by Chris Mock with SEIU on Zoom. Chris, welcome. Hello, can you hear me? We can, we can't see you yet. Um, there, can you see me? Yes, welcome. Welcome, um, thank you. Um, so good evening, members of the board. I, I wasn't expecting to go so soon. I, I love this. Um, <laughs> um, but anyhow, so good evening, members of the board, uh, Superintendent Shelton, which I enjoy saying, um, executive cabinet, uh, staff and community. There is not a lot to report this evening. We are gearing up for another start of another school year. The summer seems to get shorter and shorter every year. And all those things that you plan to tackle and get done, you know, are still on the list. And now you're rushing to get some other things done. So it just never is enough time, but we're happy to see the new school year come in. We are excited for the, the year and we are working with the superintendent on a new and improved convocation experience. And we're gearing up for that. Um, uh, we are looking forward to the start and bringing um, the DEI um, uh, framework um, and introducing everybody and beginning this important work to all staff in the district and on behalf of our students. So we're excited about that. And like I said, working together, um, the district leadership team is working together to kind of uh, create that experience for convocation. Also, um, SEI and the district continue to negotiate our full contract um, and we're making, making good progress. We have scheduled our next three um, meeting dates and our next date will be just after the Labor Day holiday. And um, in closing, I just 
want to take this opportunity to thank all of our custodians and the operations department for all the hard work they do during the summer, deep cleaning our school sites. They do a great, they do a great uh, lot of work um, and um, they do this every summer and it's, it's quite a large undertaking and we are truly thankful for their time and their effort in this. So thank you to operations. Um, I also, I also just want to uh, take the an opportunity to officially and, and formally welcome Dr. Shelton in his new role as superintendent. We um, we are we are thrilled to have you as our new superintendent. We look forward to working with you in the, in your new capacity and on behalf of all of our students and staff. So welcome. And we also want to thank and take the opportunity to thank Dr. Kelly for stepping in as interim superintendent. Mark's contributions to this district and to his work with SCIU continues to be invaluable. So thank you, Mark. Um, and with that, I will end my report. So thank you very much. Have a good evening. Thank you, Chris. You can still enjoy the sunshine outside. It's, it's still a sunny evening. I know, it's nice. And um, I, um, colleagues, I'm sorry, I, I messed up on our agenda. So we had um, approved an agenda that we would take the action item immediately after public comments, and I jumped there. So uh, we'll now go back to K-1 and um, Superintendent Antonio, that's all you. <laughs> well, good evening to everyone. Um, and thank you, Chris, and also Claudia. We had both representation uh, from SMMCTA as well as SEIU at our management retreat, which started this Wednesday. We thank you Vice President TJ for participating and welcoming our staff, our leadership staff. Uh, it was a great opportunity for you and Jen uh, to see some new faces along with those faces that we have called vintage at this point um, because they've been with us for a while. Um, that was one of the things that came out of these conversations that we had. Uh, we started Wednesday. Yes, Dr. Shelton. Um, so we're at the... Um... Major action item. Oh my goodness! No, no, this you is know, good. This is good because you I, had a management retreat, and you have a new member of you know management. You have two. You have a new person. I knew. Please, thank you. Appreciate Please. that. I do have a new person. Yes. Why didn't you cut me off earlier? Well, because I thought it was a segue. Uh, you were talking about the management and how the good conversation, and besides, you were thanking me and Jen. I like to hear oh, that. Oh, okay. Well, we do, we have someone new at Malibu Middle School, and it's our pleasure to announce the appointment of the new middle school principal, Mr. Greg Schellenberg. Congratulations, Greg. Mr. Schellenberg comes to Santa Monica Malibu Unified School District with more than 20 years of international education experience, recently serving as principal of Mount Lake Terrace High School in Washington for the past six years. In addition to teaching and administrative positions in Washington State, Mr. Schellenberg has worked in administrative positions at schools in Shanghai, China, Thailand, and Saudi Arabia. His experience includes leading an international baccalaureate educational institution. Mr. Schellenberg brings experience in curriculum development and implementation, student achievement, strategic planning, staff development, parent, staff, and student communication, and innovation and creativity to improve student learning outcomes. Mr. Schellenberg and earned a bachelor's degree in education from Pacific Lutheran University in Tacoma, Washington, a master's degree in educational administration from City University of Seattle, and in the process of obtaining a doctorate of education in leadership 
from City University of Seattle. We are looking forward to Mr. Schellenberg continuing the tradition of excellence at Malibu Middle School. And we also welcome his wife this evening who will be working here in the city of Santa Monica. Congratulations, uh, Mr. Schellenberg on your new position. Thank you, Dr. Shelton. Uh, welcome, Mr. Schellenberg. Um, is there a motion to approve this action item? Moved by Jen Smith, seconded by Stacey Rouse. And we would now like to move to a roll call vote. Ms. Smith. Yes. Ms. Mignano. Yeah. Yes. Ms. Lieberman. Yes. Mr. Keene. Yes. Ms. Rouse. Yes. And I'm a yes, Sarah, that's a unanimous vote. And Mr. Schellenberg, welcome. We'd love to hear a word or two. Congratulations and welcome to Santa Monica Malibu Unified School District. Well, thank you very much. This is, uh, this is such a treat to be here virtually tonight and soon enough to be there in person. Um, my wife, Angela, and I were just so grateful and appreciative for this opportunity. And as we relocated to the area to uh, find a place to uh, call home that's uh, that resonates with me is, is just a treat. So we're excited about that. I got to say though, my, uh, the principal side of me, my internal clock is going and I know that it's uh, early August and there's things to, uh, <clears throat> things to attend to. And uh, so I just commit to you that uh, as soon as we're uh, on site and there, we're just going to uh, get the work started right away. So thank you again so much. I'm really grateful and I'm looking forward to it. Thank you on behalf of the entire Board of Education. Welcome aboard. Sarah, uh, is, um, do we have a PTA Council report this evening? Okay, welcome Erica Bell. Hello, Erica. There she is. Hello. Can you hear me okay? We can. Wonderful. All right, thank you. Good evening, everyone. I want to officially welcome Dr. Shelton. And uh, SMM PTA Council looks forward to working with you, and I look forward to our meetings and collaborating. I hope all in our community are enjoying the summer season and time with family. We're not quite into school year, uh, but you can certainly feel that it's right around the corner. Uh, another session of our summer adventure is in the books. We're pleased to hear the positive feedback from families. We're so grateful to the teachers, staff, and admin who helped make this program a success. And thank you so much to the community for supporting it. Uh, the beginning of the year is always an exciting time. Our SMM PTA Council Exec Board is working to welcome new unit presidents and reconnect with those who are returning. Our presidents are looking forward to the new school year and already making arrangements for beginning of the year event. If anyone in our community is interested in getting involved with the PTA, we encourage them to reach out to their school's PTA president. A couple of our units are still looking for a few officers or chairs for this year, and volunteers are always needed to help with events and activities. We'd also like the community to consider getting involved with our SMM PTA Council Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee. Uh, those interested in more information are welcome to email me at smmptacouncilpres at gmail.com, and to do the same if interested in uh, knowing more about SMM PTA Council uh, Exec Board positions as well. I wanna take a few moments here to talk about the importance of PTA and the need for support at all levels. In addition to creating connections to the school community and providing opportunities to support children, PTS, uh, PT, excuse me, PTAs and PTSAs with strong membership 
are able to better advocate at the local, state, and national levels. As our 33rd District PTA points out, no amount of fundraising equals the impact of a single piece of legislation. Some of the areas of advocacy National PTA is involved with, uh, those would be gun safety and violence prevention, family engagement and education, child nutrition, federal investments in education, safe, supportive, and inclusive schools, and investments in school infrastructure. Our California State PTA has six advocacy goals. Those are to advocate to achieve justice for all children, youth, and families to have their essential needs met, advocate for shared power and belonging for all children, youth, and families to address the impacts of systemic and institutionalized injustice, advocate for a full and culturally responsive curriculum to meet the diverse needs of our student population, Elevate the student voice to create an inclusive, positive, and supportive school climate. Promote physical and mental wellness beginning in early childhood. And advocate for stable and sustainable public school resources to bring California within the top 10 states in per pupil funding. I hope this gives the school board and our community an idea of the priorities and commitments we are called to address as members of the largest grassroots child advocacy organization in the state. And I want to remind our community that PTA membership must be renewed each year. We're grateful for all in our community who recognize the importance of PTA and support the mission and goals through membership and involvement. I'd like to encourage each of our school board members, admin, staff, and educators to join our parents, caregivers, and families in becoming members of the Santa Monica or Malibu PTAs or PTSAs. We also want to encourage our secondary students to join their PTSAs so we can ensure their voices are clearly heard. Let's start this year strong and commit to helping make every child's potential a reality. Thank you. Ms. Bell, thank you very much. Now it is your turn. Thank you, Richard. Well, back to what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to make sure I said thank you to Claudia and Chris. It's so important that our um, SEIU and our SMMCTA uh, presidents participate in our leadership retreat. Um, it gives us a connection on how we would move forward. And, in, 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 and as I've shared, uh, this week is the common language. Um, it's important that we as leadership in our district have a common language that we're speaking the same thing because then we have our focus and that focus can move forward. So this week our district leadership returned and we started our first day with a focus on belonging, curiosity, and empowerment. Um, and as I said uh, to our um, team, uh, the things that we're learning here is our professional development to share with our uh, teaching staff, our certificated as well as classified staff. Um, what we're going to do is utilize uh, the DEI lens um, to move our school district forward. Uh, both our classified and certificated leadership teams were present along with both, as I mentioned before, SE, SEIU and SMMCTA presidents. The last two days have been impactful and full of excitement as we prepare for the return of our students and staff. And, and I mean, we're excited. Uh, you should have seen us. If you get a chance to see some of our uh, staff members doing team building activities, um, 
and giving opportunities for them to have their choice um, in the activities uh, that they participate in. And, and those are examples of how we want them to lead, give opportunities for choice. Not only are we doing it at the, the top level um, of our leadership team, but we want to model the behaviors and the expectations as they move into their school sites. Uh, we started the week with a focus on self-reflection. Um, it, it's a vulnerable thing to actually talk about yourself and your upbringing, but I had the opportunity with the encouragement of Stacey Williamson and uh, our team uh, to talk about where I came from, where I started, and how this thing began for me. And that's the expectation we have for our leadership team, um, to connect. If we're asking people to engage and collaborate, we need to start with our leadership. The leadership needs to collaborate. The leadership team needs to engage and be vulnerable, which we're asking our teachers to do every day uh, with the students that walk into the space. We believe that we can do this. Um, we have your support and we appreciate that. Um, we planted seeds that we will water throughout the school year. And we focused on our data, data um, to drive the decision-making uh, decisions that we need to fulfill for our students. We have a promise to our students that we will educate them and provide them uh, with the tools that they need in order to be productive citizens. Uh, we will continue to collaborate with our educational partners to have a focus around what it is we need to accomplish around our project-based learning to implement that into our school to continue, I should say, and extend that. Um, we modeled some of the circle, uh, circle up uh, activities and behaviors that we expect our teachers to include in their classroom. We did that with our management team. Um, our management team was excited about that. Um, and we expect our teachers also to participate in those opportunities of growth. So as I said before, we are excited. The next piece of this is convocation. Convocation is August 21st, and that's when all of us will be coming together uh, to welcome back our staff. I believe what we're planning and what our team has planned will be exciting for our students and not for our students, excuse me, but it will be for our students ultimately, but for our staff that's returning here uh, to our campus. Um, what you will see there is the same thing. We will look through that uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion lens but we will have a focus on belonging, curiosity, and empowerment. And also starting with the fact that self-reflection, how am I to engage my students? How am I to move our students forward without thinking about me, the person that's coming to the classroom? And then how do we, how, do, how is it that we become the you in this thing, the us in this thing? And then how do we impact the system? How do we impact the system? That's the way our day is gonna go. We're gonna start off with the me, we're gonna to go to the us, and then we're gonna end the day with the system. The system being your school site. So we'll start off in all of our groups and no one will be with their friends, not necessarily, but you will ultimately get to your home site at the end of the day. Because the whole piece of this is to build that curiosity, to create opportunities, and then create that sense of belonging, whether you are certificated or classified. And if you have a sense of belonging, you then feel empowered to do the work that we're asking you to do. So thank you so much for allowing me this opportunity just to share the excitement that we have as we move forward in this new school year. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Shelton. Thank you very much.
Alex, as we move to the consent agenda this evening, um, I want to draw your attention to when I pulled items, I said I four one and two. That's because four appears twice on our agenda. It was I five one and two, which are the two resolutions. Um, is there a motion to approve consent absent I five one and two? Moved by Jen Smith, seconded by Lori Lieberman. Thank you. We'll move to roll roll call vote. Jen. Yes. Alicia? Yes. Lori? Yes. John? Yes. Stacy? Yes. And I'm a yes. So um, that means those items minus I5, 1, and 2 have been approved unanimously. Um, could I entertain a motion to take item I5, 1, and 2 together, and then we'll move to discussion? Moved by John Keene, seconded by Stacy Rouse. We'll now go to discussion. Stacy? Yeah, I can start. Um, I wanted this poll just so that we could um, acknowledge it. Um, these are uh, um, these are just rescinding um, vaccination requirements, and I just think having it not just um, run by on consent would be a good moment for our district to have together. So, and I think um, either uh, Dr. Kelly or Dr. Shelton. I don't know if you wanted to um, uh, share as well, anything about that to clarify beyond what we wrote? Yeah. And then we'll, you'll go Jen and then to Dr. Kelly, is that all right? Because maybe one of the pieces is, is and I am unaware that we have any policy about volunteers and maybe you could address that. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Stacy. So let me uh, speak to the volunteer parts. Um, and then I think the issue is, the question is relative to the vaccination requirement that was in place and how it applied. There wasn't specific language in prior resolutions about volunteers, but there was language that equated what we call level two volunteers as comparable to employees in the Department of Public Health protocols. And that's why they were included in that point. Um, what, what we're asking the board to approve is two resolutions that rescind the board's prior resolutions, including the one that requires proof of vaccination requirement. So new employees and level two volunteers will no longer be required to show proof of vaccination. Employees who may have been affected by the requirements may seek employment. Um, there are some classified employees who have reinstatement rights, which they may request through the personnel commission. I will be working with our human resources and personnel commission staff to inform them about the changes to the vaccination requirements so they can process employees appropriately. And site administrators will also be informed of the change and should address volunteers, volunteers consistent with this change. We have the opportunity to speak with all of our site administrators tomorrow and share this information with them so that they can move forward. And theirs is relative because they are the ones who send to the district office level two volunteers and they will be informed that the level two volunteers will not no longer be required to provide proof of vaccination. Um, and the resolutions do give the superintendent authority. Just wanna clarify what the two, um, those two aspects say. One is the first one says that gives the authority for the superintendent to comply with the directives of public health agencies which we were required to do anyways. The second one is in order to comply, to take the necessary actions that allow us to comply. That's what it says. 
those aspects were not actually in the prior resolutions because we were expected to comply with those public health orders at that point in time. As we know, we operated for several years on the CK through 12 LA Department of Public Health uh, protocols for schools. And this just says that we would expect that that to be the case if those things become required again. Thank you very much, Dr. Kelly. And thank you, Stacy. Um, you weren't alone in asking for it to be um, pulled from the consent this evening. So thank you for that. And it is important that we um, make sure that we draw attention to this from the dais. So we appreciate that. We'll now move to a vote. Um, roll call. Ms. Smith? Yes. Ms. Mignano? Yes. Ms. Lieberman? Yes. Mr. Keene? Yes. Ms. Rouse? Yes. And I'm a yes also. Sarah, that's a unanimous vote on those two items that we had pulled from the consent agenda this evening. Colleagues, that now brings us to discussion item. We have one this evening. It's to consider revising administrative regulation 5141.21, which is the administering medication and monitoring health conditions. Uh, Dr. Shelton, we've allowed 30 minutes here total. And so if your staff could keep their presentation to 15 minutes, please. Our Brown will be sharing um, in regards to 5141.21. Tara, your presentation is available on the screen. Welcome, Tara. Welcome, Good evening. Good evening. Can you hear me okay? Hello? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, perfect, perfect. Hi, good evening, um, board members, superintendent, Dr. Shelton, um, executive cabinet and community. Um, thank you for the opportunity for to present some changes to AR 5141.21, administering medication and monitoring health conditions. Um, the, this update serves two purposes. It brings the regulation up to date with the CESBA sample regulation and it also adds language about Narcan distribution for employees um, to administer. At this time, we won't be distributing Narcan to students. Education code 49414.3 only permits school districts to distribute Narcan to trained employees who have volunteered to administer Narcan in emergency situations. Um, the section is silent as to whether districts can distribute Narcan to students but it does explicitly define volunteers and trained personnel as an employee who has volunteered to administer Narcan. So we're going to continue to review, but at this time, we're not aware of any authority that permits schools to distribute Narcan to students. And in advice from our legal counsel, um, they're not advising that schools distribute Narcan to students at this time, but we're going to keep a watch on the law and the EDCA for any changes. So um, with that being said, um, we did make a few revisions based on CSBA updates for uh, seizure protocols. And we did go ahead and address Narcan administration for um, adults to distribute. So here we go. So the first change is that we'd like to revise the definition of unlicensed non-medical personnel um, and instead um, say that it's someone who has consented to administer the medication to the pupil or otherwise assist the pupil in the administration of medication. 
and someone who can legally administer the medication to the pupil or otherwise assist the pupil in the administration of the med medication. So just being a little bit more specific instead of just saying unlicensed medical in our definition of designated school personnel in our policy. In the notifications to parents and guardians section, um, it currently um, says that those needing to take prescribed medication at school. And we would like to revise that to the superintendent or designee shall notify parents and guardians of the following requirements for a student on a continuing medication regimen for a non-episodic condition. So this, again, brings the policy more in line with Ed Code 49480. The current language we currently have is too broad and um, it would permit staff to contact a student's doctor for non-chronic conditions requiring medication. And so this makes it more specific for students on a continuing medication regimen for a non-episodic condition. Under parent and guardian responsibilities, we'd like to do an addition. If the student suffers from epilepsy, then notifying the principal or designee whenever the student had an emergency anti-seizure administered to him within the past four hours on a school day. So if the student has had a seizure and it's been on a school day and the parent administered anti-seizure medication to the student, um, they need to notify the school. So that's what we have added in here. Under the healthcare provider statement section, um, basically we would like to add, if applicable, a protocol for observing the student after a seizure, including but not limited to whether the student should rest in the school office, whether the student may return to class, and the length of time the student should be under direct observation. So that basically the health provider's written statement needs to include specific directions for protocols for observation and um, rest and when they can return to class. So more, more specificity than we currently have. Under the district responsibility section, um, the first addition we'd like to do to bring it up to date is um, a requirement to count and record student medication when it's received from a parent or guardian. So when a parent or guardian brings medication to the nurse, um, they need to count it in front of the parent and record what they've received. And also maintain a list of students who are authorized to self-administer medication and record the date and time that they have administered that medication. In the emergency epinephrine auto-injector section of our policy, um, instead of saying at all school sites, we're going to say the superintendent designee shall provide auto-injectors to school nurses or other employees who have volunteered to administer them in an emergency and have received training. So the current policy with the rate reads right now says 
we're just going to distribute epinephrine at all school sites, and we'd like to change it to um, this statement and set to bring in a line in line with the CSBA. In the emergency use of anti-seizure medications section, um, the next four, this slide as well as the next four slides are all additional language added and it's per ed code um, to bring it up to ed code. So the first addition that we would like to add is the school nurse or when a school nurse or physician is unavailable, then a volunteer employee who has received training may administer emergency anti-seizure medication to a student diagnosed with seizures, a seizure disorder, or epilepsy if the pupil is suffering from a seizure. So it allows um, the nurse or a physician or a volunteer who's received training to administer um, seizure medication. Also, we'd like to add at least once, but no more than two times per school year, the superintendent or designee shall distribute to all staff a notice requesting volunteers to be trained to recognize and respond to seizures, including administering emergency anti-seizure medication, describing the training that the volunteer will receive and explaining the right of the volunteer to rescind his or her offer to volunteer. The notice shall also include a statement that there will be no retaliation against any employee or rescinding his or her offer to volunteer. The next addition in that same section would be if a volunteer rescinds his or her offer to volunteer or is no longer able to act as a volunteer or if the placement of the student changes, then the superintendent or designee may distribute an additional two notices per school year to all staff. So in order to get more volunteers. And the last addition on the emergency use of anti-seizure medication section is the principal or designee at each school may designate one or more volunteers to receive initial and annual refresher training, which shall be provided by a school nurse or other qualified person. This is, brings it in line with Ed Code 49468.5. Oh, one more addition to this same section. Um, information regarding defense and identification provided by the district for any and all civil liability for volunteers administering anti-seizure medication shall be provided to each volunteer and retained in the employee's personnel file. So um, if, if an employee is administering anti-seizure medication, um, they're going to be provided by the district identification for any civil liability um, that comes with that. Um, this is the slide that addresses um, Narcan. This additional language enables designated and trained personnel who have volunteered to store and retain naloxone or another opioid antagonist. So absent circumstances requiring emergency medical aid, all designated personnel who have volunteered and been trained 
So they need to have volunteered and been trained. They can store and retain naloxone hydrochloride or other opioid antagonist in compliance with the standards adopted by the superintendent of public instruction. Um, this statement, I, help, I ha had help drafting this statement by our legal counsel, and it is in line with um, Education Code 49414.3. That concludes the uh, changes and additions to uh, this board policy. I'll take any questions you have. Mrs. Brown, uh, Jen, Lori, and put myself on the list, and Lori Richard. Hi. Um, I have a, hi, Ms. Brown, I have a, well, I was just reading that last piece in what's not the presentation, but what looks like the policy um, doesn't actually have the word trained for the naloxone in the red, red language. So I was just wanted to note that in case it was just. Um, I think that was a, that must have been a. Um, old. IFO. Could be. The, the word trained should have been in there. So. Yeah. So uh, I thank to you for those. bringing that to my attention. Um, and the other question I have is, how are we communicating with families that now have new um, protocol in place, especially for informing school nurses for, um, you know, to, to update the schools on their child's? Um, so I worked with our nurses, uh, especially Erin Datura and Rachel Bressler on uh, revisions for this policy. And they will be communicating with the school nurses and the health office specialists in their beginning of the year meeting in regards to these changes and what protocols they'll be following um, in response to these changes. And specifically the uh, connection and communication with the families that this would apply to? Yes. Correct. Move to Lori and Richard. I'm, I'm combing through the AR to see if this is here. So maybe it is. Um, uh, I just wondered whether we, uh, we maintain a list of those volunteers who have been trained so that site by site and district wide, everybody knows who they are. They can take their name yes. off the list, um, but it seems like that would just be implied that that's something that should be done, but I think it should be explicit and should be done. <laughs> Correct. Um, our school nurses have already started um, training school personnel to carry and administer naloxone. They've already had a lot of volunteers that have volunteered to be trained and carry it, and they are keeping lists at their school site in regard to who's been trained um, and who's who's who the volunteers are and who have been trained to carry the naloxone. So that is already uh, in place and ongoing. Okay, because I, I really do think, for instance, the superintendent should be able to hit a button and find out who at every school is designated. And really this is for everyone's protection, the students, the parents, the district, the volunteers. <laughs> it, it's, it's really a I think um, yeah, it's just a good practice. I know that they're keeping lists uh, probably more on a Google Doc versus hitting, but you could hit a button to get to the Google Doc. Hit a link if we shared the links. Google Docs are great. It's just that we have to figure out some official way of, I think, yeah, having the information somewhere and accessible to the right people. I agree. Thank you, Lori. 
Um, Brown, uh, I have two uh, two questions, comments, and then um, one for my colleagues also. I, I hope this is an easy one. I think it's really important as um, we make our way through improvements or updating of board policies and administrative regulations that the language uh, that is reflected in those ARs and BPs are um, gender neutral with its language. And so I, I, was, I was caught by the use of him and her uh, throughout the, and so I think it would be, a, I would like to propose to my colleagues that we move forward and that when we, not to do a full revamping of all of our BPs and ARs at once, but as things come forward to us, particularly ones that deal with questions of health and student health, particularly, that they reflect um, gender neutral. Question for my colleagues. Since this is a discussion, this would come back as a a poll. Right. So then the second thing I was going to ask is that I think I misheard. I didn't miss here. I, I think I'm confused about um, Mrs. Brown how you started with regards to the Narcan um, distribution, and I think you said that legal counsel had said no to something that I think some of us on the dais are in support of. And so, I, and I think that the PTA is in support of. So I wanna revisit that with you. Um, for example, I think that we should be making available and distributing upon requests. Um, I keep saying Narcan, but I know that there's naloxone. Um, the, I, I would like to see this distributed at the high school levels at the, at the minimum. And, um, and I thought that we had had a conversation as a, board where there were others here who agreed with that sentiment and I would like to get a sense of um, yeah and I saw some noddings ahead so if anyone remembers it the way I do please jump in yes I think um, I think it was one of the first meetings I think it was my my second meeting where we had a conversation on Narcan distribution and I think our hope was that we would be able to distribute it to families and students and anybody who um, would want to have it on hand, especially with um, what happened at, at Santa Monica High School with the three students. Um, I think this is about keeping our students safe. And I think we're, we, are, we all agree about that. Um, it's a little frustrating to see that Narcan has become an over-the-counter medication and still we are lagging or not, not, I mean, we want to do this, but ed code is lagging um, in, in the distribution. I know that we will continue to work to get um, this medication in the hands as as many people as we can possibly, we can possibly do that. Um, but yeah, you want to jump in? Yeah, I think the, I think we did come together and 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 have that desire, and we um, and we had the supply. Uh, and I I think I know that in Malibu the PTAs have been distributing it uh, on yes, at, well Samo High PTA, but I think they brought in also other entities that gave informational, uh, educational um, presentations and had it on hand for people to with them if they wanted. Um, so I think. Well, we get around these hurdles, there are other ways and avenues to do it. And there's also, we were, I think Dr. Shelton, maybe you want to, because we addressed, we talked about 
um, finding out the accessibility for local places in our pharmacies and things, because you can walk in and request it just to make sure that while we jump the hurdles, we can we can give our community the information they need to be able to access it. Stacey and then Dr. Sheldon. Yeah, just to confirm what you're saying, Jen, that it's being given to families so that then families can do as they see fit with it. Exactly. So, sorry, with the signature waiver, because I, right, science. Jen, you, you're correct. We, I think Tara and I can uh, work to provide information uh, where these uh, opportunities for free access for these materials uh, are available. I don't think that that is outside the boundary. Am I correct, Tara? That's not outside our boundary. The, the, the piece that Tara spoke to um, of the distribution is the, the concerning piece for us that creates the liability. Tara, you, you wanna just- Correct. So I, I spoke with our legal counsel in regards to this and they said that because right now the law doesn't address student distribution, they're advising against it due to liability reasons. If a student um, were to administer the Narcan. And even though we know that normally Narcan does not do anything to you, whether even if you're not having it, if you're not, if you're having a drug overdose, it will help you. If someone administers to it and you're not having a drug overdose, it won't hurt you. But in, a, in, in some kind of weird situation where um, something were to go wrong, um, and a student was administering it to, a, to another student and it had been distributed by us to the students, our legal counsel said that we'd be liable. And so they would like us to wait until ed code um, catches up with exactly what Alicia was saying. Um, you know, it, it is, it is kind of weird that they can go, go get it other places, but when we put it in their hands at the school site, it just, it takes on a different um, situation as far as the liability liability goes. And they're advising us um, against doing I appreciate that. I just wanna say that um, I think attorneys are very conservative in that way and they're good, right? Legal counsel, but there's no prohibition in ed code. This is a silence in the ed code. And so I just wanna point that out. It's not, it's a not prohibited, it's, it's silent. It is silent. It's silent. And so we, we have counsel telling us, oh, we're worried something could go bad. I suggest you don't do it. Well, someone could die. A child could die. And um, I'm, I'm not okay with that response. Not your response, Mrs. Brown, in the sense of what the counsel has given. They right. said that they're advising all of their clients and all of their schools not to distribute Narcan to students to administer. I understand. Um, I'm just, but that doesn't mean I can't say that's not okay. Sorry, so, and so was the question posed to whatever um, legal counsel, what if the district isn't doing the distribution, but if, as somebody was alluding to, the PTA was or some other uh, body, does the school district then, are they implicated? Do they still have the same liability issues, or is that a way, a, a way around it that legal counsel thinks would accomplish the same goal without um, potentially 
putting the district at risk? Tara, did we ask that question? I don't think we asked. We did not ask our legal counsel that specific question about PTAs. Yeah, we, I don't, did we bring up uh, that our PTSAs had done that? As far as the I, I mentioned that some of our PTSAs had done that separate outside of school time okay. and um, off campus. So this is something that we probably could ask our attorney. Um, the question that Ms. Lieberman mentioned, could you, you, you want to, would that be okay if we go back? Uh, we could go back and ask that if I'd this is something that the board wants us I'd to I'd like do. to also suggest or ask, as if there's four members of the board, uh, one, I'd like to know which council recommended this, um, who we sought. F3, it was Jay Furno. Right, thank you. And then I'd like to know if there are any school districts in the state of California that are doing other than what F3 suggested. So I understand that we're advising all of our clients XYZ. I want to know if there are any schools in the state of California. I think schools, public schools in the state of New York, I understand that New York has a different ed code than we do. But I just want to say that um, I, 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 I don't find it okay. I really don't find it okay, um, particularly when we have such an epidemic of um, it was Alicia then Jen, forgive me, I jumped in. Yes, I, I, I agree with you. If we could get a second opinion to see. Um, I listened to an interesting podcast on The Daily um, and it talked about how, I mean, would we at any point be negligent if we haven't provided uh, that medication to our students? And if ed code is silent, I'm for getting this in the hands of as many students, especially if it can save lives. And that's, yes. And I would also just like when you do ask the question, because so much of our community does things on campus, even, I mean, I, even if it's after hours, it is on campus. So whatever distinguishes that um, uh, is added to the question when you go back to the council. Um, I think, adding those other questions about, are there other districts doing this and sharing, I think the, the thought that Alicia just expressed that was in the, I mean, I think having a more robust conversation with our legal counsel would be great. I have a hard time believing that a second opinion isn't gonna give you the same answer. So I'm not sure it's a, get a different legal opinion, but it's more, talking through all the all sides of it as well as finding out on the ground what is going on elsewhere and then my only other thought was what about reaching out to CSBA and see what they are advising school boards in this arena and, and possibly one of the things that we probably could do Tara is uh, connect with the physician maybe the, the CSBA um, has a panel that they have connected with uh, to make the determinations that and recommendations that they have, um, along with if we're going to go back to the lawyer um, to uh, determine what it is we do as far as a recommendation. Um, is, is that something that you think, Tara, uh, we could make that con connection with someone uh, that is a doctor? that um, or from the CSBA who has made these determinations? I can look into it. Okay, thank you. 
Right, so if I was trying to recap for us, so very fine questions have been brought forward. We need some more information. We'd like to ask about the, for lack of a better better words, uh, the pass-through, like what was the liability or work? And I just want to say, I'm a big fan of F3. So I just was, I, I wasn't suggesting. No, I wouldn't even mean no, it that way. No, no, I, mean, I know that people that's who advise. <laughs> New York City is doing this as well, because I think that, you know, yeah, exactly. And I really appreciate uh, the suggestion about CSBA. And also, you know, I want to say that I learned so much from Tara and the Health and Safety DAC. We had an incredible guest speaker, right? Tara, I'm forgetting the gentle person's name, but it, it was just remarkable to hear um, what we can be doing and should be doing and that we, we weren't doing. And the DAC was really engaged by the staff here, by Tara and her team, Dr. Kelly, um, and what could be possible. And I think that that actually uh, served as a catalyst for what we got in that first conversation that came to the board back then. Additionally, um, I heard that um, the board is uh, supportive of uh, making sure that the um, gender terms are neutral in the policies that comes back to us as an action item. Is that correct? Am I missing anything there from? Great, Mrs. Brown, thank you. Or John, forgive me. Jennifer pointed out that on page seven of the AR, we need to return the words and train again. Thank you, I forgot that part. Thank you, John. Thank you, Jen, for catching that. I think Ms. Mrs. Brown found that. You said the trained, you the said train. the trained, the trained. Yeah. Yeah. As I speak about these, I, I, the presentation said Mrs. Brown, but I usually say Ms. Brown. So you'll correct me when I use the wrong um, title, please, Tara. It's okay. Um, if there's no further comments, we thank you. Uh, thank you, Dr. Shelton, Dr. Kelly, and um, for the staff there on this work. Um, we have one information item, I just draw your attention to it, colleagues, which is the supplementary instruction materials. And I'll return to Ms. Smith now to see if we have any general public comments. We have no general public comments. Great, thank you. Are there any members of the Board of Education who would like to make a comment? Well, my goodness, I think we called this meeting the public session together like at 39 minutes after the hour, it's, uh, right? So we're, is that almost under an hour? Is there a motion to adjourn? Moved by everybody, seconded by everybody. Um, friends, colleagues, and members of the public um, will adjourn. We will meet again on Thursday, August 17th. Thank you very much. <laughs>